World's largest sandbox, hoorah. I process shit really well. Let me play my part. Check two, hey. Like, is that real? Did that happen? Like, the structure of your brain actually changes. And do you still feel that every day? And then it got time for guitars. Eating disorder, like, I didn't want to die. Tendencies. But I didn't want to live. You helpless little girl. You gotta go in the hospital. You feel powerless because the body has a fear reaction. The opportunity to empower. No one can take away my power. I won't take myself out. Artists that are true like that, those are the ones that tend to like create change. If I could, I'd totally do this. <laughs> That's a good start. That's yeah. a good start. Yeah. So, you, Matt Lovitz, what was your... I forgot what you said your... Uh, can I get some water before we start? Yeah. Because I'm going to want some. Totally oh. And uh, we're not clipping at all. Ha ha ha. That clipped, but that's not going to happen because you're not that fucking funny. What? <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. That's right where I want all us right, to be. Sounds good. Um, so, well, thanks for being at the, the event. It looks like you've had a bit of an interesting time since I last saw you. I come in, he's on fucking crutches. Well, these things happen. Uh, as they say, not all decisions in life tend to be good ones. Was it a decision or a freak accident? Well, kind of both. A uh, decision that led me to a freak accident. A decision to be a <laughs> four-wheeling redneck. Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> so good news, I should be walking by 2019. <laughs> There's my teaser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what have you been up to? Um, so the four-wheeler, just like, you're on it, you're, how fast do they go? You know, as fast as you'd really like them to go. Um, you know, I tell a story different depending on my audience, so sometimes it's, uh, you know, it was raining four-wheelers and uh, one just landed on my damn foot. Um, trying out for the X Games, a lot of cool stuff, but the reality is, is just, uh, There's a mountain lion in a tree and you're yeah. swerving, the lion's coming at you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they just, I mean, they're not the most stable inventions, right? Right, right, right. Exactly. Do those things have four-wheel drive? Yes. They, so all the wheels are driving? Mm-hmm. Some. Some not. Some are front wheel. Mm-hmm. But you had four-wheel. Wheel. Yeah. A rear wheel? Yeah. Isn't that for sport? I wouldn't rear-wheel drive on like a trail? Oh, yeah. That's what's most fun. Absolutely. What? So you can kick the ass end out and float around corners. Come on. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch my adrenaline some way. Yeah, Minnesota Drift doesn't have the same ring to it. I don't <laughs> think that'll be a movie. Probably not. Probably not. So at our last event, um, Matt Lovitz was one of our guests and uh, our guest panelists. Um, being a nonprofit leader, being a combat vet from the Iraq War, and um, having his own uh, mission and passion around PTSD and veterans' um, needs and struggles and things like that in general, um, it was really, really cool to have you on. Yeah, so I no, appreciate I was, that. Uh, I was happy to be on. Thanks for inviting me. For sure. Huh? I know I haven't. Sent, have you listened to the YouTube version of it yet? It's, I have not. No, it's crap because what? Uh, not not us, but uh, I set my phone on 4K, like ultra mm-hmm. ultra super everything, and guess what? It automatically puts it to because it was YouTube Live. What? 720. Oh. It looks like cat puke. Oh, that's too bad. You can make out what people are saying though, which is the point. So okay, I was curious if you had. Revisited that at all? I had all. not revisited it, no. I listened to it the other day when I sent you some prep questions. Mm-hmm. 
you were like, what exactly are we going to be doing here? And I'm going to pull those up. But um, while I'm doing that, do you want to um, just kind of give your background as far as uh, start with your, your like military time? Yeah, no, absolutely. We can do that. So I spent uh, six years in the uh, Minnesota Army National Guard from 2000 until 2006. And uh, as part of that, we got uh, deployed for uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom in 2003. So I spent about uh, 18 months with the uh, 1st Cavalry Division in uh, Baghdad, Iraq. And, uh, you know, really got to see, you know, Middle East firsthand, I guess. Uh, spring Break 04, world's largest sandbox. Hoorah. <laughs> anyway, uh, outside of that, uh, you know, came back from Iraq and, you know, kind of kind of realized that uh, all of us, Sort of, uh, sort of have different ways we uh, we interpret situations, different ways we process information, and and quickly realized that I was one of the lucky ones. Meaning, um, you know, really that uh, some of the stuff that happened, some of the stuff we saw, really, uh, you know, was able to thankfully process better than some. Yeah. Um. So you know, when we 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 talk about a subject like PTSD, I think a lot of people try and. Uh, point their fingers at it or label it as, ooh, this is how it's going to happen or how it happened, but really there is a, there's no way possible to predict it, and I think almost everyone has it in, in some way, shape, or form that served um, to a degree, um, whether that was for the first couple months, the first couple years, or, you know, as I even see with a lot of my friends now, some of that, uh, some of those dark shadows are creeping up, you know, 13 years later. It takes time, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes to realize what the fuck you even saw. Right. So do you remember... Getting romantic. Do you remember how we met? <laughs> we worked for a software company downtown Minneapolis. I think it was called Obstacle. I can't think of the name of it. Something sounds like Obstacle. I can't think of the name of it right now. It was a long time ago. And I hadn't met Kel yet, and I didn't know shit about PTSD. I didn't know shit about the military. I have a couple family members who serve and a couple friends who serve, but it's not like I'm from some big military community where I quote-unquote get it. Like, um, and I'm saying that because I had nicknamed you early on. You know, it was a tight-knit office, and we all had <laughs> nicknames for each other. And, like, do you remember the running prank that we would do to each other if someone stepped away from their computer? We'd oh, change yeah. their background. Yep, yep, yep. And what was what was the nickname? Was it, was it Clock Tower? Clock what was Tower. It? Yeah. Yep. You, you were on edge. Is that fair? You I were, think you that's were on fair. Edge. Yeah, I think it's fair. It was pretty stupid of me. But I wanted to put it out there because, like, here I am now an advocate and... I've done the stupidest things as anyone else has done, like making fun of it and stuff like that. But we were close. It wasn't like we weren't hanging out with each other and like I would have, wouldn't have said it to someone I kind of knew. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's all in good fun. No, it but is. So, so one day I was like, you were standing outside my cube, close to the line, by the way. You were close to the line. I didn't appreciate that. Your bubble or the line? My bubble. <laughs> no, and, and uh, I was like, love it, man. You can't be so fucking angry at these receptionists. They're just doing their job. You're not always going to get through to the person. You're not always going to be able to leave a voicemail. You got to, what the, and I, I said to you, what the fuck are you so mad about? Do you remember what you said? I don't know. Do you want me to say it? Sure. Sure. You stood there, looked me in the eyes and said, ever seen a truck blow up with seven of your friends on it? Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> that shut me up in a hurry. I wanted to tell that story. It's embarrassing for me and not for you. I don't think, um, because it's just the stupid shit that people do when they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And now that I've, and then not, not long after that, probably within a year of saying that, you know, just stupid comment and whatever, joking around at work with you and stuff. Um, then all of a sudden I met Kel and saw the other side, like the intimate side of, oh shit, there's people that are carrying something that people don't get it. Yep. And it came out of her differently. I think it's, 
I wonder how much of it is a gender thing, too. A lot of women will turn against themselves and guys will lash out, flip a four-wheeler, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but she, she wasn't someone who had a temper. Um, she was someone who couldn't fucking eat, right? Like, yeah. you know the story by now. Um, but so I'm curious, using that as a lead, and that's how we met. That's where we used to hang out. And then we got different jobs. Life went di- different directions. And we reconnected, and life had blown up for both of us. Mm-hmm. My wife was dead. You had a divorce, and we had both started nonprofits. I'm like, so how have you been? <laughs> and we both had started nonprofits with similar missions, and right. that's why we're hanging out today. Right, right. And I want to spend a ton of time on that, but I want to get the setup and background out of the way first so that sure. once we get into Veteran Valor Farm, we don't have to cut away from it. Yeah. Um, so going back to my stupid comment, my little confession. Um, like, how often does that happen? How annoying is that? You can tell the truth. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's not that annoying. But again, I'm uh, I'm fortunate. I, I really consider myself, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a gifted one or what, but it's uh, I, I process shit really well. Uh, I'm thankful for it. It's great. Um, I still have my ticks, but at the end of the day, uh, there's not a whole hell of a lot that bothers me or if it does, that bothers me long term. But there's a lot of, a lot of stupid questions and shit. I remember, you know, early on the, you know, the biggest one that pissed people off is like, oh, so you were in Iraq. Did, did you kill anybody? You know, did you, did you take yeah, out no any, shit. any, any moms and kids? It's like, really? People I mean, ask you that? People no way. Oh, that, that all the time. People so you, ask wait, wait, you like get that, back so. from the Middle East and the first thing people, kill That's any kids? That's the first kids? thing they think about. Yeah. You're like, oh, did you kill anybody? Did you take out any of those bastards? You know, it's like, really? Um, and for the record, I personally did not. Um, but anyway, it's, you know, still it's something that, uh, you know, you see. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's their, these things happen. So it's just interesting that people automatically want to ask that question. So if you're thinking of asking that question, obviously don't. Um. <laughs> I thought thank you for your service was annoying, but that, that, that's yeah. a little bit worse, right? <laughs> Jesus. No, I hadn't thought that people would just blurt out. Oh, yeah. Like we, there was someone else in the office who was a ranger. Yeah. I don't know if I'm not going to say his name. Yep. But uh, people were like, "Do you know what he does? Like, he's the Rangers are the they're the serious ones. Like, he's he's fucking killed people." Yeah, well, like, and that's okay, the other well, thing you gotta you gotta realize is that you know you get you got all different walks, especially of the service. There's folks that that's who's that's their job. That's their job. And and as sad as that sounds, you know, it's like, oh, it sounds like a shit job. Well, it's ultimately necessary, and I'm grateful for them because it, you know, some of the other folks like the army and stuff, we didn't have to. Uh, do as much as some of that nasty stuff. You is know? that why Mar- this is going to get me killed? Is that my, why Marines are a little <laughs> bit the way they are? Uh, I, I don't know if I want to categorize them as the way they are, but yes, um, yeah, cer- <laughs> certainly, uh, you know, again, different, different uh, service units and stuff are going to be, um, you know, in different type of uh, missions and jobs and stuff. So, Like the stereotype in a Hollywood movie is like, you know, uh, the Navy... You know, gives them a they'll make some smart ass comment. Oh, every time there's a war, you guys give us a ride. Thanks for the ride, man. Just like oh, <laughs> fuck off. I said that to a friend of mine who was in the navy. Like, what is that like for you? And she, her face changed, and she looked for a second, and she said, uh, "My friends who are dead is just are just as dead as their friends right. who are dead." And then I was like, "Yeah, that'll shut them up." Yep, yep, exactly. Is so. there a rivalry or like? Between the different five branches of the military, I don't what's think is there a brother? So. I mean, there, there there is and there isn't, right? It's something that you don't ever think about at the time. I mean, there is. Uh, I get the pleasure to to see you know different special forces and SEALs teams and stuff like that in action, and um, 
I think it's more of a mutual type of respect. I don't know if maybe so much down <laughs> to the lowly army, but certainly on the ways uh, on the way up. You know, I mean, you you see those type of folks. You can appreciate anybody who has spent literally years of their life training to be the best they can be at one specific thing. Specialists. Yeah, exactly, and you know, so just uh, I think it's more of a mutual respect, at least from my standpoint, that people see. So. No. Well, that's good to hear that there's that kind of mutual respect. You you hope that every now and then you hear a story like Chris Kyle or whoever like got killed by another veteran. And you're like Jesus, they they would have killed, died for each other, right? And they get back to civilian life, and I don't know, I don't know anything about him if he was the type to run his mouth or what. But I mean, he's passed. There's no reason right. to say anything bad about him. But <laughs> that just kind of is like fuck. You can't really process that, you know. Yep, it's kind of like you know the twenty three vets that kill themselves every day. It's something that you can't, you can't really process or, or think through deeply enough. But I mean, and you know, obviously, I'm my my side of this from the PTSD standpoint is obviously in regards to uh, to veterans. But you know, to be clear, like with your cause, I mean, um, everybody has uh, certain dark shadows that follow them around, certain things going on in their life, and uh, PTSD can happen from uh, you know thousands of different things. Yeah, it's very true. Um, so you were in the military, uh, you were in the war, you were near combat, like you're, you're categorized as a combat vet. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then at some point, unless you serve until you retire, or even if you do, there's that transition period. Right, yeah. I'm sure you've got some opinions about what it was like for you, how it could maybe be better, what civilians could do for, for vets coming out of the service. I yeah. can't imagine that transition. It's just got to be real. That was real. interesting. I think the hardest part was, uh, you know, again, you're going from a, a pretty high, intense uh, situation, lots of adrenaline, things happening, to all of a sudden having to slow down instantly and just sort of go back as, as nothing ever happened, right? So it's like 18 months of life sort of never happened, and all of a sudden the next day it's, oh, we have to go back to school. And, you know, <laughs> finish out a degree, we have to go back to a job and have to go back to a family and, and really pick up the conversations that, I mean, you missed. You missed a lot of shit. I mean, two Christmases, tons of birthdays, World Series. I mean, all the movies that came out, it sounds silly, but uh, when when you people are like, oh, you remember that? I'm like, no, actually, when did, when did that movie come out? Oh, 04, yeah, I was I was gone that year. So um, wow. it's, it's kind of interesting. And it's, I just think it was just, it was just really difficult to go... You know, just from, a, from again, a high pace, uh, we had something that we had to do, we did it, and then all of a sudden it's almost like that purpose is lost. You know, it's like, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to German class now in school and then uh, try, and get, try and finish out the degree. I mean, I think the hardest part was going back to school and just focusing and paying attention and um, reintegrating back to civilian life, you know, quote-unquote, is... Uh, not a very easy thing to do to shut off some of that, those triggers, shut off some of those, uh, you know, that, that sort of hidden rage <laughs> that needs to be there in a way. Yeah, that needs to be there when you're out there doing right. the job. Right, That's interesting. Can you talk a little bit more about hidden rage, like, towards the enemy, towards just life, so you can get the energy to go out and do that? What What does that feel like? Kind of all of the above. Um, obviously, hidden rage towards uh, towards the enemy. Um, the thing of it is, is you didn't really know who your enemy was. 
I think that's the biggest thing that, that people hear. It's not your traditional war where all of a sudden it's like, all right, one one people have blue pajamas on and the other team has red pajamas on, and uh, you just go kill the other guy in the other pajamas, and life's good. You know, it's more of a, you know, a hidden enemy. You didn't know who was good, who was bad, and then coming back to, uh, you know, the U.S. and just having to trust that everyone was good. Right. And so that was the most difficult part is just being. Uh, and to this day, I'm still hyper aware of of surroundings, of uh, precursors to events, of people, of you know, it's it's there is that lack of trust that you just I don't know if you can ever restore. Yeah, I don't know if I want people on the front lines to be the most trusting folks in the country, <laughs> but at the but then at the same time, it's easy for me to say here in the comfort yeah between those two big oceans and to send someone else out to permanently change their personality. Like, where do I get off saying that? Yeah, but you know. uh, no, I think it's um, you know again it, it takes time. I think the biggest thing that people need to realize it is a, uh, it takes time and uh, you know uh, a lot of uh, you know alcohol therapy, <laughs> a lot of other things <laughs> uh, when you when you come back, a lot of laughter and just a lot of good conversation with with people who may or may not understand. But uh, yeah, I think conversation is key. You know, so this isn't obviously the last conflict people are ever going to have to go over for right. Um, this is one that's still going on. <laughs> a lot of people don't talk yeah. about it, but it's still going on. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, just, just having people, you know, I, I went over one time. I was gone for 18 months. You know, there's people that are going over again and again and again and again and again. And um, I can only imagine how much that wears on an individual. Their family and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. Do you, um, do you keep kind of an informal... Uh, community of, of veterans here that you hang out with are most of your friends vets or like what's it like to be able to find people now and then who get it that you can hang um, out with that's a good question i would say n- no most of my friends are probably not veterans there is a core group of us uh probably about a dozen or so that still get together some more than others um and we get together at least once a year and do a you know a hog roast and gun shoot you know something like that just to uh to kind of re-explore old memories and to uh, to get some of that uh, adrenaline out and uh, stress relief via rounds downrange. So, <laughs> is that coming up? You said is that the fall? Yeah, no that that just was a couple weeks back. So, okay. yep. How'd so it that's go? Uh, good, 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 real good. No, it's 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 good. We we do try to stay in touch. We get together, uh, and more importantly, I think it's just that that group knows they can reach out if something's going on. I mean, I was talking to someone. You know, in that 13 years, you know, again, it was a long time since we got back out of Iraq. But, uh, you know, he's he's finally dealing with his shit now. I mean, if you think about repressing something that long, uh, it eats at an individual. And thankfully, he's getting help. Um, you know, my, my roommate's good buddy, uh, you know, a Marine veteran. He's been over several times. Um, he took his own life about six weeks ago. So, I mean, you got... It's really hard to predict shit like that, but, um, yeah. What is, I mean, it's kind of a big question, but what is the military doing and not doing about the mental health piece? There's that need to be tough, but the fact Mm -hmm. is it's not a matter of toughness when it comes down to suicide. Like, it has to be addressed, right? Yeah, I guess that's a a tough one for me just because I've been out for so long. I mean, it seems like uh, not too long ago, but I was like, holy shit, I got out, you know more than a decade ago. I think when, uh, back then, I, I don't think it was much on their minds, right? I mean, the Iraq War started in 2003, and, and granted, there's a, 
you know, you have the Vietnam piece, you know, where as much as half of them are suffering, uh, it just wasn't talked about. You know, you have a percentage of Gulf War vets, you know, from a decade before, and it just wasn't as talked about. And I think finally after the Iraq War, at some point something uh, happened, a light bulb went on, whether it was the conversations that were being had uh, via regular checkups at the VA or or suicide rates or what, but I think I think it's finally becoming uh, noticed. I think they're definitely taking action, and they, they certainly care. Uh, I just wouldn't be able to speak to, you know, sort of pre, pre-combat what they're doing to prep one's mind. I don't know what you can do to prep someone's mind either. Get the music behind the mission. Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is strong. Amplified!